This is Coast and County Radio's Extra Time Podcast in association with Scarborough College and powered by Grundon Graphics. 97.4 FM, through the Vales, across the Moors and along the coast. Extra Time, sporting reviews and opinions from those in the know. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Scarborough College Extra Time podcast, Colston County Radio, and we're doing a little bit of a different tack this time around, because we're not talking to uh, to sports stars, we're talking to a fellow journalist, uh, Paul Connolly. Uh, Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, Andrew. I'm, I'm glad you introduced me as not a sports star, because... I know you've showed, you've seen me play football before, and there's there's no chance of being a sports star in me, is there? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, likewise, likewise, Connor. So, uh, we're 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 really uh, wannabe sports stars, I suppose. Certainly, mm. what what I'll do, I think, because obviously, normally in the in on the podcast, um, I'll ask people to sort of talk about their, their past career, about their life. Um, and obviously, as we're talking journalism, I'll, I'll sort of, I'll, I'll be as fair as I can be in that I'll, I'll probably answer the questions myself as well. Um, that's only fair, I think. Um, so just going to the start of things, can you remember when you first thought that you might want to do something like reporting or journalism or media? Um, well, uh, it was a long time ago, to be honest, Andrew. Um I'll have been about 14, 15 year old and, and watching Whitby Town with yourself anyway in the shed, you know, it was it was one of those things I was I was trying to find something to to go out and do. I was thinking about doing a bit of sports coaching and things like that. And then just something about talking a good game appealed to me, to be honest. And uh, that's that's sort of where we got to and obviously got a bit of advice from yourself, a bit of advice from, you know, the likes of John Stoko, Duncan Atkins and kept talking to people like that and and sort of went from there, really, you know. And then by the time I was 16, set up uh, what was the Blue Army fanzine, which was the original Whitby Town fanzine, and then went on and took the programme job on it. And it sort of escalated from there, really, into sort of media manager role and then going out to Gibraltar to work for William Hill. Very good, mate. I mean, there must be something about that sort of time, um, because I remember I was about... I was about that age. I was about 14. Um, and I, I wrote a, an article for the Gazette. It was when Whitby had, had gone to, to Wembley in the, uh, in the FA Vars. Um, they'd just booked the, the place there, a memorable semi-final against Banstead, of course, that's sort of written in Whitby folk history. And, and my mum had sort of nudged me and said, why don't you, why don't you send a report to the Gazette? Because I'd never done one formally before and I was like why they won't print that um, um and <laughs> they're obviously having a bit of a short week but they did they did print it um and uh, so that was the first time I'd ever had my my work printed um and, and even now like sort of 24 years on nearly 25 years on depressingly um I'm still I still get a bit of a buzz seeing my name on a on a an article um I don't know if it's the same for yourself um but um, but yeah, that was my first that was my first start, and then a little bit later on, maybe a season or two later, the, the then Gazette editor, uh, I think it was Full Pledger back in those days, um, had, had come to me and said, "Do you fancy doing the reports every week?" And oh, go on then, um, and it went from there. But it's it's funny how it all sort of 
comes about. I remember this is very this is very geeky. This is very geeky indeed. But when we used to do, we used to have our kickabouts um, just with, with a few mates on the estate, Castle Park. I used to sometimes go home and write a little match report. Um, and that's kind of where I first sort of thought, oh, this is quite good. I wouldn't mind doing this. Um, not necessarily thinking I'd end up doing it as a job. Um, do you ever remember doing anything like that? Anything sort of unusual? Like that? That's maybe just me being a bit odd, but um, start doing anything away from doing the job and thinking, oh, maybe, maybe this is what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, I've always been very sort of interested in, in the written format of um, of media, to be honest, I've always been a very good writer. And to be honest, my strongest subject at school was by far English. Um, so that was sort of what got me into just just basically writing things, just going home and and writing anything, really, to be honest with you. And and it kept going from there. I mean, you mentioned about your first byline there in the Banstead game. My my first byline was uh, West Auckland four, Whitby Town one. In the FA Cup, so you oh, know that was me. thanks to thanks to Duncan Atkins for giving me the job that night. You know, it was <laughs> um, it was it was one of those. But uh, but yeah, I, I've always enjoyed writing and and getting things down on paper, and and it's it's a nice way of expressing yourself, whether it's through you know sport or through just anything really, whether it's sort of diarised format or anything. Um, so I've always enjoyed that sort of format of of doing things and putting things down. Um, and yeah, just sort of spiraled from there. And obviously I was going to watch Leeds and I was doing little bits of like daft interviews for the Whitby Whites for their website originally. And um, the Leeds United Sports Group, I was interviewing people like Chris Kamara and Casper Ankergren from like quite a young age. And it sort of kept going from there and kept enjoying writing. And we're sort of here today, you know, still writing about Whitby Town, still on the radio talking about Whitby Town and and doing everything like that. So it's it's been it's been an interesting interesting way of getting into it. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it to be fair. It's it's been good just to just keep learning by what you're doing rather than like yeah. deciding at sixteen that you want to do something and going into it. I sort of from a young age went into it and just kept doing it and kept learning from a young age. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more on the fact that you you learn. So I, I think it's probably the case in most jobs. You learn from doing it. You learn from doing that job, and um, I don't think uh, journalism is any different. Um, I'll move it on to to the radio side of things. Um, again, another geeky confession from me. The first time I remember sort of being sort of drawn to doing anything radio-y, um, I used to record little links myself into songs and forced my poor suffering family to listen to these cassettes, which is really dear to me now. They were cassettes um, on the, um, you know, on the car radio. Um, God knows how cringy that must have been. And when I was about, God, what have I been about 11 or 12? Um, so, and I've really, I kind of, you know, thought this would be really fun. I'd really like to do, I, I, I thought I could do writing. Um, and I knew I'd be able to do that. Like, like you, I was by far best at English, uh, of all, of all subjects. Um, but, but radio was a bit of a thrill. I didn't know whether I could do it, but I was more excited about that. I think than writing, um, what was your first sort of experience in terms of, of radio? I'm presuming it's when you were in with ourselves at Whitby Town Radio. 
Yeah, that was that was pretty much the very first experience doing Whippy Town Radio. Um, the very first game was Gisborough Town away, I believe. That'll have been what 2014, 2015, something like that. So 2014, absolutely. Yeah, 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 seven years ago now. Yeah. Really uh, so that was, that was my very first experience commentary. was just jumping in on that commentary there and and doing Gisborough Town away. And I was like, didn't have a clue what I was doing. And I've listened to it back since. I sounded absolutely terrible. I didn't have a clue what was going on. I was trying oh, to describe everybody. And... Everybody sounded terrible. The whole broadcast sounded terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how on earth we managed to do it. It was it was absolutely horrific. Um, I think we did it more <laughs> more properly um, on the the Saturday game. Um, I forget where we were. We were away to another Northern League ground, I think. It was Bishop Auckland. Bishop Auckland, there you go. Um, <laughs> and with a, a, a large chain supermarket right on the doorstep there. Um, are you, did you ever get the chance to get to Bishop Auckland's old ground at Kingsway? That was brilliant. That was a really atmospheric ground. No. Unfortunately, I didn't. No, certainly no. not. I digress. Um, but but yeah, that that was the first sort of proper broadcast, I suppose, that, that we did, Paul. But I um yeah, Whitby Town Radio was fun. That that was us sort of playing at doing radio online at uh, Whitby Town Commentaries Home and Away, uh 2014. And it ran for um four years before Yorkshire Coast Radio um picked us up. We we pitched to them, we said well, you're doing Scarborough, why don't you do Whitby as well? Um, and we were shocked when they said, okay, go on then <laughs> and let us do it. Um, which we did right up until the end of the season when, you know, Yorkshire Coast Radio was sadly uh, no more. That was a bit, of, I have to admit, I remember sort of almost that flying out of that meeting just to sort of amazed that they'd, they'd let us do it. Was that, was that the case for you? That was, that was exciting, wasn't it? It actually was, yeah, because it felt as well like we'd we'd actually done something that was so productive and they'd it felt like they'd been listening to it and they'd they'd come and said right go and do it you know it was like oh we've been doing this for four years and we know we've got x amount of people listening and then we got Yorkshire Coast Radio not really expecting anything saying well you do Scarborough we can we can do Whitby as well and then we go into the meeting and say all right yeah we'll do it and the buzz from that is unbelievable you know knowing that one of the one of the best local radio stations in the country, which is what it was by the the radio ratings, was incredible. Knowing that they wanted to do it, absolutely. Um, and what a thrill, you know, doing a job where you you get to do what what you'd enjoy doing anyway, and watching your your local football team. And and now uh, years on, uh, we're at twenty twenty one, still uh, keeping us up to date with Whitby Town home and away. Um, no doubt, uh, will you be at Mickleover Sports on Saturday? I'm presuming you'll be you'll find a way. Yeah, I'm on the uh, I'm on Pete Graham's Fumbles tomorrow, down to Mickleover Sports, ten a.m. set off, and uh, yeah. Looking forward to it. It'll be an interesting game. Heard a, heard a little bit about Mickelover in the last couple of days from Nathan Haslam. Okay. I was going to say, we, we, won't, we won't pursue that because this is going out, I'm aware, <laughs> after that match is finished. This is going out at, uh, at five o'clock on uh, Coston County. Let's just hope it's a, a positive result for Whitby Town um, and we'll, we'll move on swiftly. But um, as well as doing your, uh, your commentary work, you mentioned you, you started out doing the, the fanzine as well that you developed for Whitby Town, Paul. Just tell us about that because a lot of people would think, well, that, that's really interesting. I'd, I'd like to have a go at that, but how would you actually practically go about it? 
Um, I mean, for myself, it was just I got an idea in my head and thought, right, I'm going to do it. Basically, just basically went went on the Photoshop and put a 32 page magazine together, just me writing about Whitby Town and a bit of a tongue in cheek sort of take on things at the football club um, and just went and did it. Um, and it was it was one of those things that someone said, oh, well, we could print this, we could sell it and thought, well, why not sort of thing but I mean it's you don't have to have Photoshop on your laptop you can just do it through Microsoft Word you can do it through any of anything like that Google Documents even um but I just thought one day I'm going to do it I'm going to sell myself to the football club and just went and went out and did it you know a front cover with I think it was Tommy Cassidy on the first ever Blue Army fanzine just after he'd um just after he was at the football club, he was coming back with Blythe. So that was the first game when Blythe came to Whitby Town. I think they won. I think it was maybe 3-1 that day. Yes. But we put a fanzine together and I thought, right, I'm going to put it on the forum. Let people have a look at it. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But I just felt like I'm going to do this. I'm going to showcase myself and see where I go from there. And then... A year later, I ended up taking the uh, taking the program editor's job and going from there to media manager a couple of years later. So, I mean, for for anyone listening that wants to wants to even consider doing anything like that, I would just say do it. Um, get yourself out there, just do the job, and let people see what you can do because you'd be very surprised at people's reaction. Yeah, I was I was going to say actually, and I'm well aware. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I've, I can visualise that uh, that fanzine cover. I think it was uh, a mock up of "It's a Wonderful Life," if I remember yes, rightly. Yeah. yeah, I've got it. I've got it in my head now, and it's an amusing image. Um, I, I'm aware that there, there might well be, you know, the, the sort of equivalents of us, um, you know, youngsters watching on, thinking, you know, we might like to do that, but haven't really got a clue as to how to get into it. Um, I've mentioned, you know, I, I got into it by my sending a report into the Whitby Gazette. And I think I, this this would have been pre-email. This would have been me physically going to the Gazette and giving them it um, on a printed piece of paper. Um, but I mean, nowadays, there's so much you can do now. You can have your own, you can have your own podcast up and online and viewed by ever so many people um, from your bedroom. It's 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 so easy now. I think. Um, but yeah, what, what would you say if you, if you were the, you know, um, giving advice to, uh, to any, any youngster watch just think, um, you know, I, I want to get into, I want to get into journalism. What, what, what would you, th- what would you suggest? I mean, first things first, it's always back yourself because you're always better than you think you are from a personal point of view. I mean, I, I did that fanzine. I put that together. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be terrible. Everyone's going to hate it, and they didn't. You know, people enjoyed it, tried to put a little bit of wit in there, tried to put a little bit of, you know, tried to amuse people more than anything, and, and I just went out and did it. And I think that's the main thing. It, it's have a look at what you've got around you in terms of newspapers, magazines, radio stations, anything like that. Find out what your niche is. Um. So whether that's maybe it might be non-league football and you say to Whitby Town, right, I want to do this, or you send something into Whitby Town and say, can I help out somewhere? Or you you go to maybe Scarborough Rugby Club, Whitby Rugby Club, and say, right, I want to do this, I want to report on your games. Find your niche and find how you can fit into that, essentially. 
Um, because nine times out of ten, certainly clubs in the area will be very glad of the support. They'll be very glad to see people coming in wanting to help out. And as well as which, you know, you you look at what's around. If you start helping a football club, a rugby club, any sort of club around the area, people will start to notice because you will get their exposure from, you know, wherever it is, all the way up if you get it right. And always back yourself to get it right, I would say. Yeah, that's good advice. I mean, um, it's it, for, for me, I'm just thinking, well, yeah, do do what do what you enjoy doing and find a way of making that profitable or um getting a foot in the door, I suppose. There's, there's like anything, networking is is crucial, knowing the right people, getting a bit of luck, getting a break somewhere, yeah. you know. Your the Gazette just ringing me out the blue, Yorkshire Coast just just asking us out the blue. It's all the way through when I've um, I've had a little bit of luck or I've known the right person and it is not it's not always down to how good you are yeah. um, but it, you know you, and, but you're right and that you, you should you should back yourself and you should be confident um, but nowadays you know you can have a you do a blog do a podcast put something online show people what you can do turn up at the local club, get in touch with Coston County Radio, because they're very good. Um, then they have their, uh, their Saturday, our Saturday show on a, on a morning as well, the Saturday street. So we do have youngsters involved as well, uh, which is brilliant. And they're very good as well. Much, much, much more polished than I am. Um, but uh, there's so many possibilities now, uh, Paul. I think it's much easier now to reach out and, um, and, and, and connect with somebody influential. I think you can be doing that easily. You don't have to leave your house. You can you can do that. You can email. You can message people. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's very easy to get involved. Um, and if you sort of hang around long enough, you'll get given a job you want. I think eventually that's often the case. Well, I mean, I, that's all I've done. I've just hung around and they've, they've wanted rid of me and given me the job I wanted. That's all. That's all I can think of. Um, but uh, but yeah, if if you are if you are listening to this, thinking God, I want to do some media stuff, just do something. Do a blog, uh, do a podcast, contact people, get yourself out there, volunteer at your local club, and that's what you do. Radio wise, I mean, I started out doing uh, hospital radio uh, at Southside Broadcasting. We're at James Cook Hospital, um, and I remember my old um, the producer there, the the, the manager of the station. Um, we went to Egton Show. We went on a on a um, a little field trip to Egton Show as part of a, um, a PC was recording uh, for for a different program. This obviously wasn't sport based at all. Um, and he was talking to this guy about the different sweets he had on his stall at Egton Show. Um, and presumably, this was some sort of initiative test. He literally just turned to me and said, "So, Andrew, fudge." And literally just said that and left me to what I was going to say to that. Um, and I'm aware that, that in years to follow, I've done that to people I've interviewed and asked them questions that are a bit rubbish and, and not really helped me very much, dropped a minute on the spot. But that was my baptism of fire. I have absolutely, I can't remember to this day what I said, but I managed to get through it. I have no idea. I have no opinion on fudge. Who does? Um, but there you go. That's that's my radio story. 
um hospital radio i do recommend it as well there are still some really good hospital radio stations around as well and done a bit of university radio as well um i know you you pursued media at university paul and uh, and got your um your your, uh, your your qualification in media as well um i'm presuming you, you felt yourself really coming on at that stage that you were really learning and, and, and making those connections as well i think most most crucially no absolutely yeah it's you know i was i was quite uh, quite fortunate with the people that I had around me at university you know we had a we had a very good course there and you know there's lads that have gone on in our course now they're, they're doing so many brilliant things you know we've, there's a guy that I went to uni with that's working for Sky Sports covering the NFL there's there's a lad who's a boxing editor now you know there's there's so many people that have they've done so well from from our course and they're, they're sort of the contacts that you get that you don't realise at the time that you are getting. Um, and that's and that's the way it goes with university. You know, at times you you do meet people along the way that five, six years down the line may be a great contact for you because they're working somewhere that you've applied for a job for or anything like that. So, yeah, we, we made some good contacts with our group. We had some very good lecturers. Um, big shout outs to all of those, you know, the likes of Dean Nadu, who's at, Sheffield Hallam Uni now. There's Richard Thomas, who's down in Swansea. Nigel Green, who's, I don't think he's lecturing at the moment, but very good lecturer as well in media law. So we, you know, we we met some very good people and we met some very good lecturers along the way. And and he developed those contacts. You know, we, we had some great times. Worked for the Yorkshire Post, worked for the Evening Post, worked for BCB Radio in Bradford. So we did a lot of different things and with a lot of different companies and different people that, when you go to uni, you don't expect to be doing that, but you end up doing it anyway. And mm. it, it makes for some really great experiences. Yeah. Um, and I'd agree. I'd agree with you. I think the, um, the networking and the people I met were a lot more helpful than, than my qualification, to be honest. I don't think my degree has really, you did any work, um, you know, 12 years on. Um, but certainly the people I met there, the lecturers, um, some brilliant, brilliant lecturers, um Fred Marden was my head of, head of media um EX Eagle Radio X BBC sorry sadly no longer with us but I do um I remember some of his his pearls of wisdom um to this day um and still use those um so Spark FM that was my that was the university station at Sunderland that's the first time I was allowed to do a sports show um on a, on a uni station i did we did do the codcast um the famous codcast yeah um that debuted on on hospital radio on south side uh at, at extremely low quality um sound and uh, that was the first sort of time i did interviews i suppose and a, and a little bit of that um and spark fm gave me the wednesday night sports show um spark fm up in Sunderland, so i had to suddenly sort of learn a little bit about that but also i got to just throw in people who actually were from Sunderland and knew what they were talking about and kind of nodded along with it so that was the, the kind of shortcut um I, can you can you drop any names connors have you had any famous people that you've rubbed shoulders with through your university routes because i've got the odd one but I'll, I'll let you crack on um not not a great deal of people no i mean there's been a few ever since like but um I mean, the, the main person that I interviewed when I was at uni was um, Jimmy Peacock, the ex-Leeds Rhinos player. So that was uh, that was a good one for me, being a Rhinos fan. But generally, not not too many famous people. You know, we've 
a lot of houses from uh, local radio and things like that. I mean, one of my lecturers for a year was Gareth Jones, who worked at BBC Radio Leeds as a sport editor. Mm. Uh, worked with Noel Whelan very briefly, who was ex-Leeds United, ex-Middlesbrough, ex-Coventry City striker as yeah. well. He did a lot of radio stuff. Um, and, and people like that, you know, Adam Pope as well, Phil Hay. Yeah. So they, they were the sort of local journalists that uh, that I worked with at the at the time. I'm just going to have to mention as well, because it's in my head now, when you mentioned about the podcast, I still remember to this day about 2007, 2008 time, that podcast opening with The Fear by Lily Allen. It's still in my head that that was the opening song for the podcast. It was, yeah. I love that song. To this day, I really love that backing. Um, yes, I did. I, I, we did We did go with that. And, um, yeah, uh, happy days, actually. Um, at Spark, I just used their, their in-house jingles. I don't know whether it was that. It had the same effect. Um, but, um, but, but I digress again. But um, yeah, this just... I got I got really lucky. I think with, with sort of knowing a few people. There was a um, one of the lads who Spark have have done really well. Spark alumni, um, they're all over the place, and there, there's a few of them that are, are producers for some of the big commercial stations. Um, there's a couple of guys who are producers at Capital, uh, Callum Hyder and Lee Sevenoaks. They've done really well. Um, probably the the known name. Uh, would be Jordan North, um, who's uh, obviously Radio One, and uh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here! Uh, but I remember he used to do the um, he used to do the show on the night uh, the night before mine. I used to do mine on Wednesday night. He was done. Uh, I think he was Tuesday night. But he was he was very down to earth, nice lad actually. Um, wish I'd sort of uh, he's on my Facebook somewhere, but I wish I'd kept closer ties, you know. Um, but but yeah, you're right in 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 saying that it it it, it is. A lot of it is who you know, as well as opposed to what you know. But you do learn as well on the job. You learn as you do. Um, but those those days were brilliant. Um, I remember Callum had he still had good contacts back then, actually, even though he was like a eighteen year old lad going through uni. Um, he knew um one of the uh, one of the one of the gold medalists, I should say, at Beijing. I think he was gold medalist. Um, Tony Jeffries is a medalist boxer. Um, in in Beijing, it was Sunderland lad. I remember him getting into the into the studio, and, and famously, we always had trouble with our our swipe cards. And I remember leaving him, keeping him outside for about a quarter of an hour, and um, I'm, I think I was extremely lucky not to get a right hook. He, he was he was so annoyed. <laughs> I was genuinely scared. Um, and um, and then later on, I got I got lucky again. Ash Ash Thorpe, um, who's a friend of a friend, he's now on. Um, uh, radio on Newcastle during the cricket commentary, ex Durham all rounder. Um, he knew Ben Stokes, so Ben Stokes got on got on my Wednesday night sports show, and um, and I also got lucky with the Gazette as well, Paul. I got Michael Vaughan uh, to interview as well. So I'm sorry about all that heavyweight name dropping there, but <laughs> you know, I got, but I've got, I'm just aware that I've been very lucky at knowing the right people at the right times, and, that, and that's worked out very nicely for me. And I think that's what this job is is almost all about, really. Yeah. Um, just, just, just maybe being a bit fortunate and taking taking advantage of it. Um, so when you left uni, then Paul, well, this is always a difficult bit, I think. When you leave full time education, um, it's such an unstable profession. Media, um, I mean, what what did you do next? So after after leaving uni, obviously kept going with the Whitby Town Football Club stuff and kept kept in with that. And then I um, for for a while. Um, Dan Kendall, who's done a lot of the away day photography whilst I was at Whitby, he um, 
he sort of put me in touch with a company called Planet Football, um, which is sort of part of the Football 365 and that sort of group. Um, so ended up in with those and doing a bit of freelance work with them. And then by September time, I uh, thanks to Dan Gregory and a massive thanks to him as well, ended up working for the Whitby Gazette as a news reporter. So between the Gazette, the Scarborough News and uh, Bridlington Free Press. So I got, got some good experience there as well. So sort of kept myself ticking over whilst I'd just finished uni and going to Planet Football, um, who had very good links with Leeds Trinity anyway at the time. And then, yeah, into, into full-time work with the Gazette and the Scarborough News and everything like that, which was, which was quite interesting, to be honest, because I always saw myself as a sports writer um and then went into obviously what was news so it was it was just straight news and then still doing Whitby Town stuff on the side on the on the Saturdays and everything so went went sort of like out of my comfort zone a little bit and it it maybe didn't work out which I'm more than happy to to say it it probably didn't work out but I enjoyed the experience and enjoyed doing something that was different and outside my comfort zone that's a, that's a good shout as well, just doing something a bit different um, and how much you learn doing that. Um, and, and we have to thank Dan Gregory, of course, for having this uh, having this podcast. He trusted us with his baby there and uh, we do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> maybe he didn't intend for us to be chin wagging on it. I don't know. Maybe some famous people instead. Um, but uh, sorry, Dan. Uh, thank you to Scarborough College as well. We do have to mention them as our main sponsor as well. Um, but but yeah, just, just making it into um, media is a full time job. Um, and and it's it's telling, I think. Um, that that you know well into your twenties and me, um, sadly pushing forty at the moment, still haven't made it as our full time job. Um, the, the, you're you're working for William Hill currently, aren't you? Um, and and um, I, I'm also not not in uh, media full time, but it's I've got a few a number of part part time media jobs, and of course, in, including uh, helping out Coston County. Um, it is a difficult profession to make much money out of isn't it <laughs> it certainly is yeah it certainly is um i mean don't, don't worry, i did i did work full-time in obviously journalism whilst i was just come out of uni but yeah it is, it is very difficult to get into full-time and a lot of the time you have to rely on your sort of freelance stuff and mm-hmm. and get your name out there but at the end of the day i think you've, you've got to just go out and put your name out there and put yourself about and and say, right, this is what I'm about, this is what I can do, and and go and do it, to be honest. I mean, I still do a few part-time things, and obviously now do the Blue Setiati stuff. I help Coulson County out by doing, you know, the, the match day updates for Whitby Town, doing a lot of commentary as well on the Whitby Town feed. So still keep sort of ticking over with it. But, yeah, I mean, working with William Hill is is sort of an extension of what I did at uni anyway. You know, it was... It was a sports journalism degree, and it's just using the sort sort of the social media skills that I developed over the over the course of my time as Whitby Town's media manager, and over over my course as well at uni. You know, it's it's still in media to a degree, but it's just a a slightly different way around it. I would say. Yeah, no, that's a good shot. I mean, what I do as well, my full time job is is admin based. So I guess there are some transferable skills. Um, but I guess the point I was making was really 
you're going to have to do a lot of work for nothing and you're going to have to do a lot of um, a lot of networking and, and foot in the door. And sometimes just being a bit lucky um, will pay off eventually. Um, but, but yeah, it's a, it's great. And, it, and it's, it's also fun. Um, I mean, we wouldn't be working for nothing if we didn't enjoy doing this. Um, and as opposed to an extent, the sound of our own voices. Um, but um, um, maybe that's for others to say, but yeah, it, it, it's a, it is a it is a tricky profession to get into, but once you're into it, and once you've got those contacts laid, and you've got your foundations in, you and once you get that first paid job, I mean that was an exciting one for me when the Gazette actually started paying me to to write for them. Do you, do you remember that the first time you sort of got a a, a paycheck for, for for doing this? Yes, yeah, it was. Um, for, well, it was from the Gazette actually, um, and yeah, it's a good feeling, isn't it? You know, it's. There's sort of that that feeling of relief that you've finally got to that point. There's the the feeling of satisfaction of knowing that you're good enough to get paid for what you're doing. You know, there's, there's a lot of different mixed emotions from that, but it, it's really good to to actually finally be able to sit down, look at your bank, and say, right, there's me, there's me paying from X job and from Y job, and, and the first time that happens, it is a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it is up there with seeing your name on a uh, mm. in a newspaper for the first time um, uh, and under a report, not for any other nefarious reason. Um, but um, yeah, <laughs> so that is an exciting that is an exciting moment. It's good to to be paid for. You can almost you can start to think of yourself as a journalist rather than you know somebody helping out. Um, but it is a great feeling. I can't, I can't sort of um, you know push enough that if you if you want to do this sort of job. Just, just, just contact people, pester them, and 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 do stuff. Just, just do stuff if you're on bat. Put it out there, um, and and you'll you'll get something. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. I, I could just sit and and, and chat on about uh, sport journalism till the cows come home. I think. Um, but we're um, we're 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 enjoying doing all this just this coast and county stuff. Um, and it, it's funny, isn't it? How have you found? Um, so I think for for what I do, this is ideal. I haven't had any problems with the pandemic and working from home and all the rest of it. Um, obviously, the job that you do is a little bit different in terms of you're not based in the UK all the time. Um, how have you found um, you know living through the pandemic work wise? It's been quite strange, to be honest. Um, you know, sometimes sitting at home is doing your work is very strange, um, especially when you're used to sort of an office environment. You're used to seeing the lads, you know, five times a week, essentially, when you're, when you're going to work. You, you know, you get used to your sort of routine, don't you? You know, I was walking over the border five days a week. I was going into work, walking to the office, walking back home again, either at five o'clock or at 11 o'clock. And you sort of get into that routine and, and you get to know people and, you get to know sort of how you can enjoy your day. Um, so it has been very strange because everything you do, you're still talking to everyone that you work with, but you aren't, you aren't having that face-to-face interaction that you normally would have. Um, and that was always quite strange because I, I quite enjoy that sort of face-to-face interaction. You know, you, you go into the office, you see the same, you know, 10 people or whatever, and you talk to the same 10 people and, all of a sudden, because five of those people are from a different team, you don't always talk to them other than over an email. 
So it was it was a bit weird in that respect that you go from talking to him every day. If you've got a problem, you just turn around and say, right, I need this sorting. Are you able to, you know, are you able to see to it? They'll say yes or no. And then you sort of go from there. And then you then just send in emails and you don't talk to him again for 18 months while you just send an email. So it has been quite strange. I was going to say, I almost have the opposite view, actually, Paul. I'm massively antisocial, so I've loved it. I feel like I could do lockdown for another decade. Um, anyway, on that uplifting note, um, I'm going to say, Paul Connolly, thanks very much for joining me. Um, as I say, I think we could waffle on about sport journalism for for another half hour, but nobody would be listening at that point. Um, but uh, thank you very much to Scarborough College, as always, as our sponsors. Uh, and again, Paul Connolly, uh, cheers for, uh, for having this chat. Absolute pleasure, Andrew.